It's another episode of The Lightning Rod. The show that's been in mourning for a little bit. Well, shit happens. I'm Johnny Pipes. I'm Gannon. And we're still a dynasty. Yeah, I don't uh I don't believe in whatever stupid official definition of dynasty it is. If you win a lot of, if you win a lot in a short period of time, that's the dynasty regardless. So who gives a damn? There's no like you want to use an official NHL definition, like who gives a shit? <laughs> who gives a shit? Uh, the, at this point it doesn't the really person, matter. The person I'm going to listen to is the dynasty man himself, and that's legendary. Hall of Fame coach Scotty Bowman. And after the Lightning lost, somebody asked legendary coach, Hall of Fame coach Scotty Bowman, do you think the Lightning are still a dynasty? And he said, without a question. And if that if that guy is saying absolutely hands down, I'm going to take that and run with it. Fair enough. You already hear first, folks, we are a dynasty per Scotty Bowman. And if you uh, missed the first 30 seconds of the show, which I hope not, you are listening to The Lightning Rod. I'm Johnny Pipes. That is Gannon. We are your weekly-ish home for Tampa Bay Lightning banter and uh, some homerism and some an- analysis with a capital anal. And uh, you can uh, give us a call and leave us a voicemail, and uh, we'd be more than happy to play that on the show, 727-416-0613. Uh, you can call, send us an email, too, and we'll read that if you want. TheLightningRod1 at ProtonMail.com. That's the number one, TheLightningRod1 at ProtonMail.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at LightningRodPod. So, yeah, well, we lost. What are you going to do? We lost. But here's the thing. We lost. Colorado won. Colorado was a better team. Fine. We get it. Who cares? We played the entire series without arguably – uh, the the fastest, most talented goal scorer, pure goal scorer on our team. The entire series. They weren't really missing anybody except for like, you know, they, they didn't miss McKinnon. They didn't miss their, you know, their stars. McCarr played the whole series. So what are you going to do? You know, it's like uh, playing with a hand tied behind your back. They still gave a gritty effort. They still brought it to six games when I, when I, I would say the world expected it to go five. Um, there was a blowout each way and, uh, two, what, two out of the other three games were, uh, uh, overtime games. So what are you going to do? You lost by a goal each way. Would, would Braden point be good for, for like two goals in that series? I'd say so. Wouldn't you? If you were, if you were healthy, yeah. But like the games that he did play, he played one and two and it just looked like a completely different person. You could tell, I mean, I, I, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But it, if it were me, I don't, I don't know if I would have put him in those games. Not, I'm not saying that he he hurt us more than he helped us, but you could tell that he, he just clearly was not himself. I mean, when you're dealing with, um, oh, I can't quite remember the injury. It's the exact a torn injury. quad. Torn quad. Yeah. Holy hell. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's incredible the fact that first of all he. Stayed on the bench in Game Seven in the Toronto series, and then only mere weeks later tries to skate on a on a torn quad for uh, you know 120 minutes. That that that's gutsy right there. And again, I'm not I'm not saying he did us more damage than help, but still, I mean, 
you you could tell that he was hurting. He he wasn't in the right place. Not nothing was really going right for him. So uh, again, you know, like you said, what what are you gonna do? Here is the here is the list. Here is the list. Braden Point significant tear in his quad from the Toronto series. P.E. Belmar played through a meniscus injury suffered prior to the playoffs. Anthony Sorelli, AC joint sprain in the New York series, and he dislocated his shoulder in the finals. Ryan McDonough, mangled finger in the New York series. Nikita Kucherov, meniscus injury in the final. Brandon Hagel, fractured foot in the Florida series. Nick Paul, AC joint sprain in the Eastern Conference final and MCL sprain in the Stanley Cup final. Corey Perry, AC joint sprain in the Eastern Conference Final. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm fairly certain Colorado had their share of injuries as well. But I'm going to go ahead and on a limb and say probably not as many. Not nearly as many. With as fast as they were going, not nearly as many. Every single player on both teams, no matter how, air quotes, healthy you were, everybody was still battling with something. And I think those are just kind of the biggest ones. One person I'm surprised to not see on that list is Eric Chernak. I mean, it's kind of been like that his whole career, but especially these playoffs. It was, you know, blocking a 100-mile-per-hour shot directly on his kneecap and then going back to the locker room and maybe missing the rest of the game or or coming back out. But I'm surprised I did not see him on that list. I think they're still kind of maybe counting everything that he has. It really shocked me not seeing him. Well, I don't think he's on the list because he's actually a machine. So it's hard to list an injury for a machine. It would be more like, so this is like a list of injuries. You need to look for like the list of malfunctions, considering that he is made (laughs) of uh, like robotic material. He's a T-1000. There you go. Exactly. (laughs) But I'll, I'll be honest that I know... You, you disappeared off the face of the earth for a little bit, hence why we did not uh, release the show a little bit earlier. Um, you know, everybody kind of grieves about their team in a different way. Uh, I was definitely very upset. I was quite grateful that we made it to six games. I fully anticipated, I, I, don't, I am a homer, but I fully anticipated we were going to lose game five in Colorado because we just were not playing very well there. So the, the odds were stacked against us. That was probably the grittiest game of the entire series for us. But I was really upset. Um, I was really pissed off. You know, you, you go through your, your stages of emotions. You blame the refs. You blame everybody, whatever. But, I you know, I, I think about it. Like, they shouldn't have been there. Like, they, they worked their ass off to get there, and it was all bonus. They, they played an incredibly good playoffs to get there. But... Again, I go back to what I was asked at the beginning of the year. Like, do you think these guys will win the cup again? And I said, no. The fact that they got there is amazing. This was probably the most impressive of a team that I've seen in the last three years, these last three runs. It's got to be just because of just the heart, (laughs) like the heart and their will to keep doing it. That's a hard point to argue. I mean, looking at the opponents that they had to match up with throughout this entire run, I mean, they were the lower seed in every single one and it's not like the teams that they were playing they were uh like you know 12th or 10th overall in the league no they played the president's trophy winners they played the runner-up they played the uh maple leafs who placed fourth overall and then the rangers who were 
uh, eighth overall. And I believe the, the Lightning finished ninth overall or something. So, I mean, in each of the series, they were technically the underdogs, despite also being, at the time, it hurts to say, uh, the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Um, but th- they, they truly were the underdog in each one of those series. And it was... It was a, a valiant effort given by the entire team throughout each game, every step of the way. I mean, it, it it's pretty incredible that they are rivaling records from the 80s that at one point seemed untouchable, just given the fact that it is a completely different game in a completely different era, just played way differently. There's more hockey. There's more rounds. It, it's just... It really is an incredible run, and it's not necessarily over either. Yes, the uh, the consecutive cups, yeah, they're over, whatever, but we still have such a, a strong competitive team that knows how to win and will will their way back to uh, at least another deep playoff push. So just put it in perspective, six conference finals in eight years. That's insane. That's brutal. It, it's insane. You know, sure, you only got two cups out of it. I I know a lot of teams that would kill for one cup, let alone two. And you know what? The haters, of which there are many, can say, well, the first one didn't count. I would actually argue the first one was harder. Hardest. Yeah, exactly. Out of them all. I would they yeah. You're you're in a bubble, you're away from family. You are in a new situation. You have to adapt to a completely new way of playing. So, yeah, that was the hardest. Then you go to the next year. Completely different set of circumstances. Now you've got a, you've got a totally different number of games you have to play in a season. <clears throat> you have a totally different way of playing teams because you're only playing in your division and that's it. And then you have a completely different playoff structure with teams not even in the conference they're normally in. So I would argue that was an incredibly hard one to win. And, you know, you could maybe ask the haters of whatever team they love, if it was so easy to win these Astros Cups, why didn't your team win? That's a pretty good question, I would say. You can assign an asterisk to every single cup that has ever been won since 1917. Actually, the Stanley Cup predates the the NHL. So, um, yeah, pop quiz: Who was the first American team to win the Stanley Cup? New York Rangers. That would be incorrect. I'll give you a hint. What? They are not in the NHL. First American. Here, oh, I'll give oh, you. I'll give you Seattle a hint. Millionaires. Well, no, it's the Vancouver Millionaires, but the actual Vancouver Millionaires. Well, Damn. that's not the answer Seattle. either. It's the Seattle Metropolitans. What? Metropolitans. That's what it is. Yeah, Sorry, the Vancouver I'm, I'm Millionaires little... was at that same time period as the Seattle uh, the Seattle uh, Metropolitans. They had a very uh, odd and color scheme, but I I loved it. <laughs> I loved mm-hmm. the color scheme. I can, I can tell you they played in the PCHA, and I know that's right. I yeah, I'll take your word for that one. I, <laughs> the only reason I know that this is because the bar that I drank in in Seattle um, all the time um, was a sports bar, and they had an original uh, Seattle Metropolitans jersey, a sweater from wow. back in the day. Oh my god! From when, from when they were uh, won that cup. It's a ten pound sweater. It was a cool looking too. It was. It looked like a prison sweater almost. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> so yeah, the. Um, 
Yeah, we lost. We'll just say it again. We lost. And you know what? We can accept the fact that we lost because we're a good team. We know we're a good team. We know they overachieved like crazy. They had a lot of heart, a lot of hustle, and a lot of injuries. Colorado, they deserved it. The fans are douchebags, but they deserved it. But you know what? We're villains now. Are we going to go back to not being villains anymore? How does that work? Are Colorado the villains now? How does this How does this transfer out? Uh, Colorado needs a little bit more postseason success and and more controversy for them to become the villains. Uh, just I like it, it's so common throughout all of sports that good teams, winning teams. I mean, they they're so easy to hate because they've probably beat your team along the way. So. You can say what you want about the Lightning, about cheating the cap or Mickey Mouse bubble cup. Say say what you want. At the end of the day, this is a a world class organization. Not I'm I'm strictly not even talking about the on ice play, but just everything away from the ice. It is a world class organization. So it the the only hate that really comes to this team is a bunch of just ignorant people who are just upset that their team either lost or had a hard-fought series with the Lightning and just made enemies along the way. But it is nearly impossible to point out any kind of flaws with this team, with the way that it is ran, the people uh, and executives within the organization, the the fan base, the, the arena staff, anybody. It is hard. It is Again, nearly impossible to point out anything just just wrong with this organization where you can point at, I'll say, like five or six other organizations that just like really have a, a toxic culture around them. And again, I'm strictly speaking away from the actual on-ice play. You, you really can't say that about the Lightning. It was, uh, I think it was... 2017 ESPN uh, voted them as the best franchise in North America, sports franchise in North America, and it was a Business Insider uh, magazine that voted them the best franchise in North America uh, this year. So the uh, the results they speak for themselves. Again, say what you want about the Lightning, just know that you you come across rather rather ignorant. So tell us about your sabbatical after uh, after game six. Well, that was a tough one. I, I was at a I was at a friend's house. There were about ten of us there, um, and none of the people there they they didn't care about the lightning or hockey. They're just like, oh, cool. The the sports team is in the finals. Cool, let's watch. Uh, so I was the only one like really invested and. Started off good, you know, with a early uh, goal by Stamkos, and that tailed off <laughs> rather quick. But uh, once you know, game was over. I I, I kind of stayed, and you know, honestly, I I think I've gotten more consolation texts and pats on the back, like, "Hey, it was a good series, man." You know, they they did their best. I I think I've gotten more of those than probably some of the actual Lightning players, <laughs> just because a lot of people know just how invested I am in this team. So. But I, uh, a- after that tough loss, of course, you know, I wanted to just go home and mope and just do nothing, just be absolutely apathetic. And I was like, you know what? Nah, tonight, tonight we won. I'll deal with it tomorrow. So I drove back and I celebrated like we won, stayed up rather late and had a couple of cocktails. 
And then, you know, the morning after, it was just apathy and dread. And, you know, you can't really do a whole hell of a lot about it. So uh, I, I decided to go AWOL for a day or two, um, day and a half or so. So I went island camping just to kind of clear my head away from that. Uh, how, how did you deal with it? Because I, I, I honestly, the way that I did it, it was, I'd recommend it. Well, if I had a boat, <laughs> I uh, might, I might do what you did, but I don't, I don't have a boat. Um, Mine's for sale. I don't, I don't want your boat. Hey man, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't dude. Uh, trust me, man. If there's, if there's somebody that doesn't want to be on a boat right now, it's me. Good point. I assure you, uh, nine years of it is plenty. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, it didn't hit me as hard as I thought it would, uh, mostly because I was kind of almost anticipating it in a way. And it sounds bad as a diehard fan because I am a diehard fan, but it was like, I just had a feeling. The writing was on the wall. I just had a feeling. I was like, okay, you, you stole one in game five in Colorado. So, but I just, it just seemed like they didn't, it didn't seem like they were going to be able to dominate because Colorado was essentially using their playbook. Like, in terms of suffocation. It's like, if you know how to do that, then we really don't have much of a chance and it's going to be a low scoring game. And it was, and there were parts that really irritated me. Like I was pissed off at the non icing call at the end, even though it was, you know, I understood why I was still pissed, I don't. pissed off about it because he could have gotten to the puck. That's why. And they tried it earlier in the game and like, that that was a discretion call. I get it. Like they felt like he strode, he was striding a little bit too slowly to the puck. I get good it. Good thing that wasn't the you know good good thing that was the only icing call that that you know really had an effect on this series. Oh wait. Yeah, I get it. I I get it. It's controversial stuff like the 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 their goal against um what the the penalty when the penalty was called that was shitty. But we got away with stuff. I mean, we got away with stuff like we got away with the maroon slash right in front of the ref. We yeah. got we got away with, you know, people jawing, uh, you know, Stamkos shooting the puck at a ref. <laughs> we got away with that shit, you know. So in the end, it balanced out. Now, it, it, maybe maybe in game six, but I'm going to disagree with you there. Well, game the, six, it was balanced out, but I, I still think, and I'm, I'm not blaming this loss on, on officials or anything. I'm not that kind of person. We lost fair and square, and even without some of these botched calls, we the, the Avalanche still would have won. They were the better team all around. Uh, but I, I still think the Lightning did get hosed once or twice more than the Avalanche in much, much harder ways. Uh, I I agree with you in in the in the series in totality. Yes, we definitely were on the ba uh, the back end of some of those. Give us give us your rundown. Like what 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 are what are the ones that stick out to you the most? Well, obviously, you know, if any doubtful, uh, if anybody from another fan base is listening to this, they're going to call me a salty Bol salty bolts fan. The too many men call. I mean, did did we do this on the show? Did we do this after game three? I believe. Uh, I, I believe I voiced my displeasure with it. So do it again. <sighs> again, I mean, it, it, it's a penalty every day of the week. I mean, there were more professional hockey minds, much smarter than myself, even agreed with me. 
the the people who again the ignorant people who just want to see the lightning lose at all costs are like uh, it happens a million times a game it should not happen in overtime in the Stanley Cup final that leads directly to a goal it it really just does not add up and people are making excuses left and right the lightning had seven guys on the ice because they changed legally they were within that 5 foot threshold the Avalanche players, Nathan McKinnon was still in his defensive zone by the time Nazem Kadri got the puck. That is a too many men on the ice call 100 times out of 100. Again, the Lightning, they were going to lose that overtime. They were going to. I mean, they were being outshot like 10 to 1 or 10 to 2, just something crazy. All the chances, everything was in Colorado's favor, but... Again, I, I've said this to everybody I've talked to this about is it'd be a lot easier to lose if we lost fairly. I would be a lot less salty and, and disgruntled about it. But uh, again, what, like, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah, yeah, I've said it five times already. We were going to lose that game. We were going to lose that series. I just wish it would have been in a little bit more of a, a graceful way. Tom Jones, who is uh, he's he's writes for the Pointer Institute, but he used to cover the Lightning for the Tampa Bay Times for ages. Said on a, a podcast, the um, uh, Sports Day Tampa Bay podcast this week, uh, he said, "You know, it's basically you don't really, um, you know, you you can bitch about refs all the time about really, you know, any any game, any series, you can find something to bitch about the refs. But if you're ever going to do it, this was the series to do it. And and if the, and if the refs were uh, swaying one way or the other or causing more harm one way or the other, they were absolutely causing more harm to the Lightning than they were the Avalanche, for sure. There was no uh, no doubt about that. But in the end, the better, the better team did win, unfortunately. We came up a little short. You know, they gave yeah, it all, they poured their heart out, and they came up a little short. And even if we did get an extra power player, too, I mean, special teams really was a, a big factor in this series. The Lightning couldn't stop the avalanche power play and they couldn't score on their own. So uh, I'm not saying that an extra power player two or three would have really turned the tides of the series or given the, the lightning, the edge, it most likely wouldn't have. But again, to me, it's just the f losing with dignity and losing fairly is the biggest thing for me. It's the, the, the reactions afterwards, it just says it all. It's not that these, these guys love to win. They hate to lose. Mm -hmm. Like they just absolutely hate to lose and winning will do that. Winning will do that to, to, to somebody. You just get, you get used to it and then you just losing will, will just kill you inside. Especially after a series like that, where you just get run through the ringer. But all in all, like you can't possibly be more proud of the team. You know, the team that we love, you can't possibly be more proud of them because they really did give it all and it showed and they were just a hair short. Colorado kind of coasted through the entire, the entire playoffs. They had the easiest run of anybody. They coasted. They had next to nothing. And then we had to go and play them in their barn. And the first game, they weren't even noticing the acclimation yet. The altitude, they weren't even noticing it. They, they almost stole one in overtime. And then the altitude hits, and they realize where they are. 
and it makes them incredibly tired and they get absolutely destroyed. And it was sad that that happened, but they made up for it by coming back the next game and destroying the avalanche at home. Then game four was a travesty, a complete travesty. John Cooper makes what I think to be appropriate comments. The man is a genius. He is a lawyer. And it works out in our favor, and we get a good call. But they had nothing left. In the next game, they just had nothing left. I've seen it happen before. I saw it and happen. It wasn't, Go ahead. it wasn't for a lack of trying either. No, they had a lot of good opportunities. I mean, Kucherov had a beautiful opportunity that he shanked. I can't remember. Um, I think he was on the right side of the net. And he had a wide open net and he shanked it. I think he hit the side. If I, actually, I don't even think he hit the net at all. I think it went to the right. Are you talking about in game six? Uh, yeah, whichever one where he had where like he got the one timer and he completely botched it. I if you're talking about in the third period when Avs were up two one and the Bolts were really fighting for their lives, uh, he had he had two really good chances. He had a. There was one centering feed that he just kind of wrist-shotted, and he hit the left post, if you're looking at the net left post. Um, and then he had a one-timer opportunity that um, it wasn't – he didn't shank it, but he did kind of shoot directly in the middle of the net. And uh, Kemper, you know, he, he saved it. it. It was a good save. It wasn't, you know, a 10-beller or anything like that. But Oh, yeah, um, there was another one when we were trailing. There was – I don't know – I don't remember what period it was, but he had another one. Where he had the wide open net and he and he went to the right. I you know what I think I do remember because hey, he definitely did not go on net because it went yeah, to the you, it went to the right. You can't hit every shot. That was in the uh, second period. Now now that you're saying it, I, I remember that and that what that one did hurt. They were trailing. They were trailing, or it was either tied or they were trailing, and it was. It, I'm not I'm not criticizing him whatsoever. I'm saying these things happen. I mean, no. ask Yanni Gord. These things happen. Mm. What are you going to mm. do? You just you just pick yourself back up and keep skating and, and keep trying. And, and you know, people like to give Cooch shit because he threw his glove at the trainer and or the equipment guy. And, you know, he talks a lot of smack or whatever. And he, he pouts a little bit sometimes. You know, he's a personality. You know, what's hockey without a personality? Would you rather just say, like, we got to... 50 get, years get 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 uh get pucks deep get pucks on the net you know uh just got to play our game out there you know gotta give 110 percent. i mean wait, the guy you want it you want everybody to be a robot so when somebody's not you're gonna get pissed at them that I'm, I'm not sure if i've ever talked about this on the show and i'm just gonna go off on a quick tangent real quick but after that press conference last year when they won the cup and you know half of the world they were just absolutely violently uh angry at Kucherov because of what he said but to me you know obviously I'm a little biased here but to me it's like everybody begs and begs and begs for their superstars to just show an inkling of personality and one finally does and it's just the end of the world people seem ironic. to forget during that time when he was given that press conference like during that series they were getting death threats from Montreal like they were getting death threats from Canadians fans. So it's not like it was coming from a, like it was coming out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, mm -hmm. he's, 
Like he's just picking on the Canadians fans because they won. No, he's picking on the Canadians fans because they were giving him death threats. And Sergachev was getting death threats in social media. And, and so it's unacceptable. Is it going to happen all the time? Yeah, probably. Social media sucks. But that's why he said what he said. Plus, he was drunk. I say stupid shit when I'm drunk all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially when you're riding one of the highest highs of your life and you add 10 to 15 beers on top of it. Yeah, it'll do it. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's enough commiseration. <laughs> this, you know, we, we, we battled. We came up a little short. Congratulations, Avalanche. You're not going to win two in a row. So, Dude, they've got um, they've got twenty five million dollars in cap space as of right now, and they have ten unrestricted free agents. Nathan McKinnon is owed a new deal. Um, a couple other players, you know, a bunch of noteworthy players, but they have ten unrestricted free agents, and I want to say three or four restricted free agents. So. They've got a lot of moves and changes to be had once the celebrations stop. So I I don't see a a back to back coming for them. They're still going to be a good team. And again, they uh, congratulations to them. They they really did earn it this year, and it's about time, honestly. So, uh, but it, it, it's it might be tough sledding a little bit in in Colorado. Again, they're still going to be a competitive cup contending team, but they've got they've got a lot of work ahead of them. I just don't see it. And the reason why I don't see it is because we're going to win again. So I like it. It's kind of hard for them to win if we win. I would actually like to see a cup rematch, and I think we can take it, depending on how many legs are still attached at the time. That makes a little bit of a difference. Ideally, what I'd like to see, as much as it may hurt and as much as stupid as it may sound, I'd love to see them miss the playoffs now hear me out hear me out see who colorado no the lightning you want to see tampa miss the playoffs hear me out okay they have Uh, played i want to hear this they have played twice as many games as the next closest team in the last seven years eight years twice as many twice as many games i mean it, it is a staggering amount of just regular season games and playoff games it really wouldn't hurt them literally and physically to obviously I'm I'm being a little, um, it's a little bit of a hyperbole here, but, um, it it really would not hurt them to, to maybe take a season off or so pull the, uh, gold golden state route, you know, win two in a row, take a year off and come back and re, you know, wreak havoc on the league once more. I'd like to see that. It's just not going to happen. Hockey players are, you know, built they're, different. They're, if they're too not passionate. competing every single night. Exactly. Yeah. They're too passionate. No one's going to. No one takes a hockey game off unless you play for Arizona. Nah, no. Oh it, shit. Uh, I, I, I don't. The reason why I don't think that should happen is because of our funky cap situation in the next off season. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a little too hard for them to do an automatic bounce back with all the people they have to re-sign after next, after next season. Like I think Sorelli is one of them. Sergachev is one of them. Um, there's a few others that are coming up. Um, next year they have almost everybody intact. 
So if they can just be healthy, I mean, Stammer is not, it, it would appear he's not hurt. So and it was a good uh, analysis that I heard of why Stammer had such a great season, uh, like a renaissance season, if you will, a resurgence. It's because this was the first off season prior to this year that he got to train instead of rehab. That's a good point. Like you could train to be better at your game instead of, instead of just focusing on being healthy. And so if he can go into this off season and continue to train and headman can continue to train and we can just, you know, come in to the next, this next season on fire, you know, like a, you know, with a vendetta, I think that would be ideal. I mean, you know, you know, Braden point's going to be like a bat out of hell once he becomes healthy because he's going to be really pissed off about not being, being able to contribute in the finals. I think a lot of these guys are. So let's put this in the back, in our back pocket here for a little bit. And let's look, look to the future. Shall we? The most important thing I think is done, which is we have re-signed Nick Paul. What do you think about that? Personally, right now, I love it. I love the deal. Uh, the The way that it shakes out, it is a seven-year contract worth $3.15 million annually. Uh, the way that it uh, it is structured, it is he has a modified no-trade clause. Let me get it up here. I'm sorry. Um Modified no trade clause that kicks in during the oh my god I'm sorry the 2026 season. Um, it is a 16 team no trade list, uh, but the salary is structured. It's 3.15 million uh, the entire year, so it's not a front or back loaded contract, which really helps. But I was trying to switch back to my tab and I closed it out. So it's not a back. Start again with the the contract part. I'm just yeah. I'm just gonna start from the top. So, the deal is seven years, average annual value of three point one five million dollars per year. He has a sixteen team no trade list kicking in the twenty twenty six twenty twenty seven season. So, if let's say that this Nick Paul experiment does crash and burn horribly. I guess we, we can axe him soon, although I don't believe that's going to happen. Um, it is 3.15 mil throughout the entire uh, throughout the entire seven years, so it's not front or back loaded. Um, the, these front and back loaded contracts can be kind of beneficial in a certain way, but with with a low cap hit kind of like this, you don't really have to structure it that way. So. 3.15 throughout the entire seven years. Um, it's a it's a really good contract in my opinion. It may be a little bit longer than I would have liked, but you know, right now, if Nick Paul can be, if he can emulate what he did for us in the short amount of time he was with us this season, I, I think we, I think that this deal is is really good. There were a lot of players looking to acquire him. He was, he was linked with the Leafs. And if he if he was going to Canada, that so three point one five is the contract that Ottawa was offering him before he was traded to the Lightning, and obviously, the whole tax situation is much different in Canada than it is in Florida. So he can take a little bit of a air quote discount 
uh, just because of the tax implications in Florida. He was not going to have to make as much if he was playing in, like, let's say, Los Angeles or, or New York or Canada, for that matter. He, he can save a couple bucks on his actual salary. Again, it might be a little bit longer than I expected. Just yesterday, I was saying, like, oh, you know, because I heard there were rumblings they might get a deal done with Nick Paul, and I was like, you know what? So the, the salary cap is going up in 2025, the 2025-26 season. Uh, by a, quote, significant amount. So I was thinking, man, he's probably, you know, he, he'll probably re-sign with Tampa, but maybe like a two-year deal, maybe three, so he can really cash out on the open market. But um, I guess they're just not going to let him get to that point. So they have him locked up for quite a while now. But um, overall, I, again, I, I really like this deal. Nick, Nick Paul has been nothing shy of fantastic for us. He is... Every horrible game the Lightning have played in, I'm just going to narrow it down to the playoffs. Uh, there's a few that stick out, like game two against the Avs, game one and two against the uh, the Rangers. He was, when the entire team was playing like shit, he was the only one that really looked above average or just average, which, you know, it was still far and above better than everybody else on the team. He's such a gamer. I mean, there, there's. I haven't heard a bad thing about him. I haven't seen anything that would make me believe that 3.15 is an overpayment whatsoever to me. I, I, I still think this is a little bit of a, of a discount deal. Of a, a, he, he took less so he can stay, stay competitive and stay in a place that he likes. So, uh, again, overall, just, just to kind of put a bow on things, great deal, a little bit longer than I may have liked, but at the same time, Nick Ball, hell of a player. I'm happy to have him on my team any day. Uh, do you have any thoughts about it? You, you like what you see here with that deal? Uh, I didn't even know what happened until I just looked at the news like five minutes ago, five minutes before we started the show. So wow. to be honest, I didn't even know that it, I, I didn't expect to see any kind of uh, transactions with our team for a while. Um, I, I went to bed. Uh, I saw, who was it? Uh, Darren Dreger. He tweeted something about uh, Tampa Bay lightning and Nick Paul looks like they're going to be working on an extension. So I got my speculating hat on just figuring out like, uh, what's it going to be? So I spent pretty much all morning until about 10 AM, just giddy, just waiting to hear what it's going to be. And again, I figured it out and I was like, dude, that, that's actually pretty solid. I, I, I was on a blackout. I was on a blackout for a while. I've been on a blackout okay. for hockey really since, uh, since the final buzzer of uh, game six. I, I, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I don't need to think about hockey for a little while. Uh, baseball's on. I'm not having a good time thinking about that either. Um, did you watch? So, so final horn goes, how far did you watch? I turned it off immediately. Yeah, I don't have time to watch celebrations of somebody else. I'm not. I don't. Why, why do I? I don't like to be miserable. Like it's mm -hmm. it's it's hard enough to be happy in life, as it is. I don't need to be miserable watching another team celebrate and watching my team get crushed, like I, emotionally. I don't have time. I, I've heard. I've heard post games. I listen to a, a analysis of people I trust. Um, you know, like namely Steve Versnick and uh, Tom Jones, and so. You know, I've listened to that, um, but in terms of, of ESPN or, or following anything, no, I don't, I don't, I don't have time for that shit. I got other, I got other things going on that are more important than that. If I was just watching this game by myself, yeah, as, as soon as I saw the green light come on, I, I would have just shut it off. But 
Unfortunately, I was again kind of held held hostage at, at a friend's house. Everybody was trying to give me their condolences and whatnot. So I watched up until the uh, I watched past the handshake line. Bolts did the salute to the home crowd, and I uh, got off the ice, and that was about when I cut it off. Uh, one thing though, they um, you know just before the handshake line, Colorado, you know they're still doing uh, all the hugs on the ice and whatnot. Uh, there was a, a Vazzy chant and then a Let's Go Bolts chant. So, um, no, you know, salty fans in the building, but still uh, still showing love to, to uh, the boys in blue. So, did they throw uh, that, anything? They did not throw anything. <laughs> you know why? Because they switched out all the noisemakers, all the thunder sticks. They switched them out with fans, like folded up fans. <laughs> so even if they tried to throw it, they wouldn't make it past like three seats in front of them. <laughs> seriously <laughs> yeah i saw like what do these people no. have in their hands now it's like they're like the old uh, chinese fans <laughs> mm-hmm. oh that's no, awesome but big credit to everybody that was in attendance and you, you know who who participated in the vazzy 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 chance and the let's go bolt chance um you know in a, in a very hard time during that night that still managed to put a smile on my face well good i'm glad you got that out of it because uh i i was i had no interest uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a terrible fan. So be it. If I was there, I would have stayed and saluted him. Sure. I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have beat feet for the door. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> but I was not there and I had the ability to turn it off. And so I turned it off. Yeah. I, I didn't have such ability. Yeah. Well, you have friends. I don't. So that's, <laughs> that's how it works. Oof. So let's, let's, let's friend. continue to, uh, okay. Oh, oh look at Aww. that. Heart, heart, heartwarming moments on the lightning rod. <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk more about the future here. So now we know one person that's coming back for sure. Uh, who would you say will not wear a bolt sweater next year? I've been saying for quite a while now, pretty much this entire year, that Palat is as good as gone. Until, and I'm not sure if you've seen this, but there were some reports, um, Joe Smith uh, confirming that the Lightning, uh, Julian Brisebois has reached out to Ryan McDonough, seeing if they could potentially find a uh, trade partner for him. He does carry a $6.275 million average annual value cap hit, which, again, you know, McDonough, he's a terrific player, but when you have, you know, bigger players... I hate using the term more important players because it's hard to be more important than Ryan McDonough. Uh, but, you know, i.e. like Palat, uh, who, who's a big one. I know the Bulls are really trying to do everything they can to keep him. Um, so I, I've seen Ryan McDonough's name being, being floated around, maybe finding his way out of town. He's got four years left on his deal as well. So, um it, you know, it's not an insanely high cap hit or anything, but when you've got such a cash-strapped team that needs to stay competitive and they need to lock up, you know, key, key players, he, he might be finding his way out of town, especially when you've got, you know, a, a uh, you can't even call him a prospect anymore, but uh, Cal Foot, you know, really ready to take the next step in his NHL journey. He, he really did thoroughly impress me this year. McDonough might be finding his way uh, into a different jersey, unfortunately. I've heard him and I've heard Kalorn. Uh, the Kalorn rumors have been been around as long as he's been with the team, so I won't believe it until I see it. I, I'm not even going to entertain rumors or anything until I see it. 
Doesn't he have a pretty strict no trade as well? Uh, let me check here. Because I heard that's one of the reasons why he got, like, he didn't go in the expansion draft. So he has a modified no trade clause of 16 teams that he can't be traded to. Yeah, that must be nice. It's like, yeah, uh, I'm, just, I'm not Ryan McDonough. Uh, Ryan McDonough does have a full 32-team no-trade clause. He's He's got a, a no-move clause, actually. So. so that means he has to approve it. Yes, he, he has to. Um, it, it'll have to be one of X amount of teams of his, of his choice. He, he can give Brisebois like seven or eight, uh, eight candidates maybe or uh, pull a St. Louis and, and give him one. Who, who knows, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, it really is McDonough's choice, and it might not even happen. These, these are just strictly rumors. Um, unfortunately, rumors tend to sour relationships as well. So I'm not. I, I really hope it's it doesn't. I you know Ryan McDonough. Uh, aside from being just a a tremendous hockey player, he's also a really really uh, well spoken and established uh, person away from the rink. And I think he he's smart enough to know that yeah this is a business you know things things do have to happen this way and he's seen it happen to his teammates i.e. like Tyler Johnson and and Yanni Gord even though he left a little differently um, these things have to happen so I don't I don't think it would sour any kind of relationship it, let's say if a trade doesn't work out or anything like that he he's a smart enough guy so um, things are developing. I can't necessarily seem to find a a trade partner or speculate where he might go or whatever. Again, that's also another thing I'll believe it when I see it. Um, but these just kind of are the latest rumors that have been confirmed that the Lightning have reached out to McDonough. Well, that'll make me sad, but if we can keep Palat, I would be less sad. Because I Who would don't get me wrong, have? I would rather have Palat. That's there's no question about it. I love McDonough. Don't get me wrong. I think he's awesome. But but Pally is homegrown, uh, and he's been here for the duration. And I would, I would, I'd keep him in a heartbeat. I want him to be blue for life. That's really a tough one. It's honestly kind of like a a fifty one percent Palat to forty nine percent McDonough. I think you can find, I think you can find a serviceable. Defenseman. I mean, even if Calfoot's not quite up to that level yet, I think you can find somebody else. He's not even a fraction of McDonough, though. Yeah, he's not. No, for sure, for sure. But I think you. I. I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think McDonough's one of a kind. I think he's really good at what he does, but I don't think he's irreplaceable. He does provide a lot of, and I hate using this word because it really does get thrown around a lot, but uh, a lot of intangibles to the team as well. Like, I mean, uh, you know, another term that just gets thrown around. Like a fifty cent prostitute is leadership, but you know he is a, a former captain himself. We would not have won either of these cups without him. So um, again, you know, I, I'm 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 grateful. I'm not the person that has to make any of these decisions because this it's hard enough to talk about. It's got to be, you know, impossible to actually do something about it. Where the the more important question is, where are you finding a fifty cent prostitute in this inflationary environment? Good point. Seventy five. That's what Venezuela. I thought. Whoa, dude. So is that where your sabbatical was? <laughs> Goodness, man. 50 cent prostitute in Venezuela has got to be like a really nice escort. Uh, we're, we're not in a good area right now. 
<laughs> let's get in a good area and uh, end the show um, with uh, some some fun stuff, uh, which is uh, Gannon pissing off the uh, Twitter world. <laughs> so tell us tell us about your your experience uh, in Twitter, and, and we'll we'll read some of the some of the replies. So um, I, you can't bullshit a bullshitter, and I'm not going to bullshit anybody. I'm going to call it like I see it. And I'm I'm not going to mince words. So, essentially, what really set me off on this escapade of mine to prove Avalanche fans wrong is, what was it, yesterday? Yesterday was the day of the Avalanche parade, land parade, and Nazem Kadri and his family were wearing a shirt that said, too many men. And so I was like, haha. That's kind of funny. If only it was original. You know, it kind of reminds me of this one player last year who won the Stanley Cup and he was wearing this silly little shirt, kind of calling back to the controversy uh, that led to them winning the Stanley Cup. That player just happened to be Nikita Kucherov wearing his 18 million over the cap shirt. That's funny. It was unique and it was kind of the first time I've seen, you know, jabs like that used just kind of in in a laughing matter like haha yeah we did this and the thing is the 18 million over the cap again it's not a rule that was broken so it's just that 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 is just laughing at ignorant people who do not understand the rules it's it's making fun of of people who, who don't understand the rules where I've got an issue with it, with Kadri's shirt, it was a broken rule. It was a botched, missed penalty call. It's it's a little different, and you know, to be just the year the year after you, you got your stupid troll shirt like that, it's just it just looks like a cheap cheap knockoff. Like have some sort of originality, you know, like. It's just kind of cheap. It's just kind of stupid. And then, you know, I was watching videos of the parade on land. You know, cool fire trucks, I guess. Cool downtown. But it's like after, you know, only watching, you know, the three boat parades in the last two years, it's like, oh, this is how normal cities do it. It's kind of kind of boring. You know, again, you know, it was probably a great parade. It looked like a great time. I'm, I'm being a little sour here, but... It is hard to compete a little with a boat with a with a boat parade. It is hard to compete with that. So, um, well, we I are a, just, mar- a maritime city, so yes, yeah, yeah. And it's it'd be a little difficult for Denver to do it, but um, you're, you're still getting replies to this tweet, like right now. Oh, I know. I, I get my phone is buzzing every minute with like a like or a quote tweet or death threat or um. <laughs> so so yeah, I, I decided like okay, they've got a kind of a. A, not lame, but a less cool parade and less cool shirts. So I took to the twits and just made a post saying that Colorado's t-shirts and parades were inferior to the Tampa Bay Lightning's parades. And uh, yeah, the ensuing shitstorm, I guess I'll let you explain. Oh, well, let's just read some of these uh, these replies here. Um, 
dude, our captain took his shirt off, our coach gave an emotional speech, and the players interacted with the fans all freaking day. Advantage Colorado. Also, 2022 Stanley Cup champions, Colorado. Nobody got got arrested and everyone left happy. So if nobody got arrested, was it really a parade? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Bowen Byram almost got arrested. Uh, here's another one. Do they put bitterness and salt in the drinking water in Tampa? That's not very original. You're a very lame person. Uh, hopefully this tweet made you feel a little better. Oh, why is Mickey Mouse in a boat? Oh, <laughs> uh, hold on. Uh, jealousy is a disease, bitch. Get well soon. Um, I liked that one. That one was funny. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty good. Thank you, Dennis B. Uh, let's see. Still lost. Uh, does everything better except play hockey. Uh, call me when you have won another cup, uh, consecutively. Uh, let's see. Um, my favorite one was from Rick after dark, who is a former Tampa Bay times writer saying, how was Tampa's parade this year? Like buddy, all you did was switch teams. Yeah, that's sad. That's a that's a little cheap, man. And I get it. That one was more playful than, than the others. It was still just kind of like a little silly. Like, come on, man. Really? Like that, that's what you're going to go with. Here's um, the thing. LOL. Nice pandemic cups. Asterix, asterix. That's bad. That's bad. Real original. Yeah. That's pretty terrible. My favorite one was the first one you said. Um, can you repeat it for me? Oh yeah. Hold on. Here we go. This one, this person actually wrote this very seriously. I'm sure. Uh, dude, our captain took his shirt off. Our coach gave an emotional speech and the players interacted with the fans all freaking day. Advantage Colorado. Also 2022 Stanley Cup champions, Colorado. Nobody got arrested and everyone left happy. That They're probably <laughs> the, the first team to have their captain take their shirt off and their coach with an emotional speech and their fans interacting with the players. They're, they're the first team on earth for their championship parade to ever do that. I mean, congratulations. What hell of a parade, man. I mean, nobody else has ever done that. That's I, incredible. I think the person that wrote this tweet was, um, this is probably an older lady. Who's, who's like, who, who takes Twitter very seriously, you know, and, mom. and yes, I would bet that she, well, she's in Colorado. She's probably an IPA mom. So, <laughs> you know, she, she's, she drinking a cigar city beer, probably the person that reads them. She probably thinks that every single account that she sees on Twitter is a real person, that kind of a Twitter user, you know, and that's fine. Kind of like grandma on Facebook. Like she's probably, she probably like co-wrote this on Facebook or she told her Facebook friends. So that's okay. We'll, we'll be haters. We're haters. That's fine. It's fun being a hater. You got it. You got to play both sides sometimes, you know, you got to know, you got to know the lows to know, to, to appreciate the highs. Right. And go ahead. Let me know when Jared Bednar shotguns a beer. Cause I watched John Cooper with my own two eyes do that sitting next to the Prince of Wales trophy. So, uh, I think advantage Tampa. That's enough. That's enough hating for the day. I think. Okay. I think okay. So this is our post Stanley cup show. Uh, what do you, what are you thinking going forward? How do, how do you want to do this show going forward in the off season before we get to training camp and whatnot? Um, I think we want to I check mean, in every couple of weeks and, and, and see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, especially, I mean, probably next week as well. I mean, or, what the oh shit it's only the first um free agency opens up july 13th so 
Um, unless we get like everybody signed within then, I'm going to assume that yeah, I, I'd say probably in, in a week or two or so. And we'll, we'll figure out some, some half decent content for you guys. All right. Fair enough. And if you've got some half de- decent content for us, please call us and let us know at 727-416-0613 and uh, leave us a voicemail. We will play it on the show. Uh, you can hit us up at the lightning rod one at protonmail.com. Uh, that is the number one. And uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at lightning rod pod or uh, lightning rod pod.com. Uh, for Gan and I am Johnny Pipes, and uh, it's been real fun talking with you guys for the last, uh, well, we did probably three quarters of the season, I'd say. December. Uh, what did we start in December? Yeah, this is like either December or late November. Yeah, this is like 27 or 28 episodes, 29 maybe. So we'll, we'll keep it going, and um, maybe some of these haters will, will start tuning in because none of the Mark Hamill Star Wars fans did. What the hell? Ah. <laughs> so little by little, my friend, baby steps. We got it. We got one season in. We'll do a full season next year. So we will catch you folks on the flip. Peace. That's it. That's it. It's all over. The Wonka contest is all over. The fifth and final ticket has been found. And we've got a live report coming in directly now from Paraguay, South America.